Everything you need is already inside of you. The world would not be what it is without you. When we begin to create change within us, we begin to create change in the world around us. Your journey to becoming your best self as the whole person starts right now. Welcome to the Rise Up For You podcast. I am your host, Natalina. Thank you so much for joining us today. This podcast is here for you to stand alongside your journey to becoming your best self. Each week, we release two episodes where we get to speak with change makers and influencers from around the world, credible experts, authors, and amazing individuals who have a message to share with you so that you can feel empowered, inspired, and really get to the next level in your life, not only professionally, but personally as well. If you're looking for a little bit more support, I got to let you know that we have an incredible coaching program, the Becoming Your Best Self three-month program. This is so unique, and let me tell you why. You actually get the opportunity to work with six different coaches, not one, not two, but six, one in each pillar that we promote here on Rise Up For You. That's relationship and social intelligence, money, self-worth, career, love, and health and fitness. These are not just any coaches. I personally have vetted them out. They're qualified, credible. They have the certifications and the experience to back it up, and they are ready to serve you and help you become your best self. So check it out, riseupforyou.com, so that you can learn more about that. Today, I'm super excited. We're going to be focusing on our health pillar and talking with Megan Fenoy today. So just a little bit about her. She's a veteran, a licensed clinical social worker, transformational mindset coach, best-selling author, professional speaker, and she is also the host of the Blonde Bombshell podcast. I was just featured on their podcast a few weeks ago. She's an Amazon best-selling author who recently published her book, You Are Enough, Five Steps to Move from Struggle to strength. So you can imagine, what are we going to talk about today? Simply that you are enough and how to overcome and rise up. Rise up for you and enjoy this episode. Megan, thank you so much for joining us here on the Rise Up For You podcast. It's such a pleasure and honor to have you on our show today. Thank you so much for having me. I always like to start off the episode by letting our guests um, tell them, tell the audience a little bit about themselves where you come from, what you do, and all the great work that you're currently doing today. So I'm originally from Michigan, um, but I currently live in San Diego. I am a licensed mental health therapist. I've been practicing for about a little over 15 years. I'm also um, a best-selling author, um, a speaker, and a podcast host myself. Wonderful. So tell us a little bit more, um, if we can get a little bit more in depth, because I always like to hear about the journey of where our guest came from. Tell us how you got into the industry, um, a little bit more specifically about the industry that you're in. And yeah, just tell us a little bit more about your journey. Um, thank you so much. My journey has been um, very up and down, that's for sure. I've been, like I said, as a mental health therapist for the last 15 years and was working in quote unquote corporate America and was going through a lot of my own personal struggles, um, being involved in a very narcissistic abuse of marriage and made this decision a year ago um, in September to leave corporate America and jump into this world of entrepreneurship. So I left my very high paying, stable job to kind of take control of my life and my schedule and, and really be in control 
example of who I am. However, in my personal life, that was a completely different story. And so um, I walked away from my marriage. Uh, We were divorced in 2016, but he was still in my life for two years and walked away from, from that toxic environment in February of 2018 and started writing my book, um, which literally was my saving grace. And this book has become my story, has become my way of reaching other people to really empower them to believe that they are enough in whatever they're trying to pursue in life. Mm. Okay, so let's dive a little bit into that. Um, you did you did write the book, You Are Enough, Five Steps to Turn Struggle into Strength. And this is such an important topic. Some of us can't identify it yet, but this idea that in today's world with everything that's going on, that individually we are enough just because we are, not because of what we've accumulated, um, not because of any characteristics other than our being is enough. And I know that you talk about, you know, five steps that we can implement. And anyways, I'd love to just kind of pass it over to you and um, kind of hear some of your strategies and tips on how we as individuals can get our mind and our beliefs to actually believe that we are enough. It is a very difficult process, and it does take some work to to really work on limiting those self-limiting beliefs and and to, you know, recreate, retrain our brain, what we call cognitive restructuring. One of the biggest things for me that I did when I was going through this process, so these five steps that I talk about in my book, they're actual steps that I went through during this journey of, of transformation and of really believing I am enough. And one of the biggest things is learning how to ground your negative thoughts. Um, and this is something that therapists and coaches and, you know, people, we all do this and we don't somewhat realize that this is what grounding is. And it's really acknowledging when you have this negative thought and saying, okay, I'm, I'm having this thought, but here's the reasons why this thought is not true. Because when we find out majority of our thoughts, 99.9% of them are based on emotion and not fact. And so when I was saying to myself, I am not enough, I was allowing what my ex-husband did to me to really catastrophic and, and for me to believe that my entire life, I wasn't enough. Right. And like my relationships and in work and everything. And I was catastrophizing. And so when I, when I had those thoughts, I was able to say, nope, I'm going to take a step back and remind myself why I am enough. Just because, you know, he did this doesn't mean that I'm not a good therapist. Doesn't mean I'm not a good, you know, friend or, you know, anything like that. So it's really taking a step back and saying, what is the reality that this thought is true or not true? Hmm. And do you find, and and maybe you can speak to some of your clients or even to yourself, but do you find that it's difficult as an individual to decipher what is true and what is false? Um, Did you find that maybe you needed somebody else to also keep you accountable and say, no, that that is not true. That is not a fact. Because I I feel um, that some people could say that it's a fact and convince themselves that it is true when maybe it's not. And potentially most of the thoughts and emotions that we feel um, beliefs are usually other people's beliefs anyways that we've kind of inherited as our own. What are your thoughts on that? I completely agree with you. Um, So 
My husband had an affair for 14 months of our two and a half year marriage, along with some other abusive things that happened. And during that time, when I found out about the affair, I'm like, oh, I, I got this. I, I can handle this. I'm a therapist. I don't need any help. And I just found myself living this mediocre life and really was allowing these limiting self-beliefs to, to affect my life. And I didn't realize it. So it wasn't until, you know, a year ago when another traumatic event happened that I said, no, I need, I need help, you know? And so me as a therapist, I got <laughs> back into therapy myself. And so sometimes it does take therapy or a coach. Um, I have my friends that, you know, if I'm feeling like I'm having a down moment where I'm like, Hey, this is what I'm thinking. They're kind of my accountability person, people, you know, and they, they keep me on track and I keep them on track. So it's definitely something that you can't technically do alone. It doesn't mean that you have to be in therapy for years, but it's, you really want to learn how to create this mindset. And sometimes you need that per, another person to help you do that. One of the interesting things that I heard you say is that I mean, you actually had the self-awareness to recognize that, okay, you needed a little bit of support and you needed some guidance, which is why you took the, the steps that you, that you decided to take. How do we even get to that place? Sometimes we're so consumed with our thoughts and our emotions that we, our self-awareness um, is completely gone and we can't recognize that we need some guidance. Or even like you mentioned that you didn't really feel it until maybe a year or two later, you know, being able to recognize that you know, these thoughts are a byproduct of this situation. So that's, that takes a self-awareness in itself. Is there anything that you can recommend for anybody listening just in general to build that self-awareness where we can start to identify some of our beliefs and recognize that they are bringing us down? Honestly, I think the one thing, the major thing that I ignored was what my friends were saying. Like Megan, you're always on edge. Megan, you're just not yourself. And I'll never forget about a month after I finally said goodbye to my ex-husband, two of my friends said, you look just so calm and peaceful. And I never realized until that moment how all of the things that I was saying to myself and the stories that I was allowing him, you know, to, to tell me was really affecting my physical and my emotional well-being. And so the one thing is, is pay attention to what maybe people are saying to you, like people in your life that you trust and care about, you know, they're telling you something because they want you to feel better. Right. And sometimes exactly right. That we can't really recognize it ourselves when we are dealing with something traumatic or, you know, disappointing, we tend to, as human beings go on autopilot because we'd rather just be busy and distract our mind, you know, rather than sit and work through these negative feelings. So really paying attention to, are you still doing your self-care, right? Or whatever your self-care looks like, meditation, going to the gym, spending time with family and friends, is that changing? Um, are you, you know, obviously things changing at work or in relationships, uh, maybe you're isolating a little bit more. So just being aware of all of those little things um, is, is going to be very, very imperative to being able to say yes to working through some limiting self-beliefs that you may have. I think you touched on a good point there, this idea of numbing ourselves so that we can avoid any pain, right? Living in this 
I guess, culture or society where we all want to be happy, but the adverse effect is that we are ignoring some of the, maybe the struggles or the negativity that's happened. And I think that that is also an extreme way to cope, right? To just pretend that it doesn't exist, pushing it down to the bottom, which in reality, it's still affecting us. One of the things that you talk about in being enough is just the mind, body, soul connection. And, and that this is really the whole approach to health. Um, and health is so much more than just the physical um, attributions or the nutritional intake that we have, right? It's also the mind, the soul, just like you were, that you talk about. So I'd love for you to dive into that, how we can create, I guess, some healthy rituals or things that we can do that really help um, take care of us, our mind, our soul, and yeah, and moving forward. Yeah, I'm so glad that you touched on that because it is exactly true. So for example, after my husband's affair, I was working 40 hours a week. I then opened a private practice as well as another network marketing business. So I was working three businesses, working like 60 hours a week. I was still going to the gym four to five days a week, but my emotional health was dying. Like I was dying inside, but what did I do? I just added more to my plate. This is where we can see substance abuse issues, um, where we can see that the severe isolation. And one of the, the things is what I call um, in my book and with my clients is helping them develop what I call a strength plan. So what does that include when you're starting to work through limiting self-beliefs, when you're trying to you know, reevaluate and start visualizing and, and, you know, understanding the life that you truly want. And so this can include time management skills and self-care. And when are you going to find time for yourself, but also for the people that love and care about you? Who are you going to reach out to? Who are going to be your accountability people? And so that strength plan is vitally important to to have when you're starting to make these changes in your life. So break down a little bit more of the strength plan. What, like, what does that look like for you? So my strength plan really includes kind of all aspects. So self-care, you know, when am I doing my self-care meditation, um, you know, journaling, spending time by myself. Sometimes it just means me turning on the music in the living room and kind of dancing my, frustration or, or whatever away. Um, it's all those little things that keeps you grounded in the moment. Um, so one of my favorite things I have, uh, all the, it's called all the good things and it's a jar, it's a Mason jar. And when I find myself really feeling down and negative, I, I make myself write something good on one of these little cards and I put it in my, all of the good things jar. And then what I do throughout the year is if I need a little pick me up, then I go through and read those cards of all the good things. Because when we have a bad day, we tend to catastrophize, right? And we say, oh, because I'm having a bad day, this happened in my life and that happened in my life. And so some of those techniques help you remain in the moment and help you work through it instead of having your whole life come down crashing on you. Right. Defining yourself by that one moment or that one thought. Mm -hmm. I'd love to touch base a little bit more on the, the five step, uh, step system. We talked about one of the steps earlier. Can you dive into that a little bit more about um, 
again, from your book, the five steps that people need to know so that they can start achieving that healthy life? Yeah. Do you want me to go through all five of them? Yeah, I think that'd be great if you're up for that. Yeah, definitely. Um, so the first step is discovering your true self. So when you're when you acknowledge that something might not be right, whether it be health, relationships, career, you identify this nudging feeling that something needs to change. This is kind of where you need to start doing this, the discovery work on who you really are. Because when we go through things that are, are bad or even sometimes good, we, we really lose the sense, we can lose the sense of who we are. And so in the book, I um, you know post five questions Um, for readers to really think about and start applying to your life. And this is the one thing for me that was important about the book is, you know, we all read self-help books and they're, and they're great. And there's been a lot of them that have touched my life, but I read it. Maybe I'll highlight it and I'll write some notes in it, but then I put it aside. And so for me, the book was really important to make it more of a journal so that people could really start working through their life in these steps um, and answering these questions. So those questions um, that really can get you to start to rediscovering yourself is, is in the book. I think that's a, I don't, sorry to interrupt you. I think that was just a really great point that I wanted to reemphasize is not just reading it and intaking it, but actually the implementation of it and putting it into practice because that's where the transformation occurs. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And I, Um, doing it with me because then it's that accountability piece Mm -hmm. um that's really important when it comes to making changes in your life Mm, absolutely yes so and then step two is visualizing your passion and purpose so I kind of talked about that a little bit earlier um and when we start to rediscover ourselves we find that there may be something that you've always wanted to do in life or something that excites you. For me, it was to own my own schedule. And so when I started working through the rediscovery of myself, I was like, this is what I want. And so I started visualizing that and, and finding my passion and my purpose. And that's to help others and, and to believe, help people believe that they're enough. And part of this process and visualization and rediscovering yourself is really redefining your values. That was huge for me when I was in this process because my values and what I stood for went out the window. You know, when I was in this six year abusive marriage relationship. And so I had to redefine my values. And so one tip that I like to talk about with people is, you know, my top values are authenticity, honesty, and integrity. And so sometimes when I'm having a negative thought, or I find myself feeling stuck, I'll say, what is this thought? Is this thought valuing or honoring my values of authenticity, integrity, and honesty? And for me, it's just kind of a quick, quick thing I can do to say, is this honoring who you truly are by having this thought? You know, is this honoring your clients per se by having this thought or honoring your passion and your purpose to want to help people because you're having this thought. Now I'm human, right? So I'm not going to blame myself or get feel guilty for having these thoughts, but it's a really quick way for me to get back on track. Hmm. The interesting thing about that is, is um, I feel like many of us, and, and I'm guilty as well, 
our values can tend to become distorted, especially with the rise in social media and so many things that we are seeing, you know, in media in general that can affect how we think and what we value. And I think you're right. Getting back to the core of who you are and what's really important to you is pivotal. And I'm so glad that you said this because that's a whole nother topic. But I, when I was doing this just real quick, I remember thinking and going back over the last six years and I never mentioned that I was divorced on social media. I made it look like life was great and, you know, only my closest friends knew about what I was going through. And it goes to exactly what you were talking about because I've always been a very, tried to then very authentic um, and real because I'm, I'm a human <laughs> I make a lot of mistakes. And it was crazy for me to re when I was reevaluating my past, thinking, oh my gosh, like look at how how unauthentic I was on social media. And so part of rediscovering me has been using, you know, my story as a platform to say, guess what? I was not authentic. But now, you know, I go on social media without having my hair done or makeup or, you know, everyone in my life, everyone on social media knows my story. And some people think that that can destroy them. But what I can tell you is it is such an empowering feeling. And the people that are meant to be in your life, when you kind of put social media aside and say, this is who I am, the right people are drawn to you. Well, it's relatable, right? And you also give us permission to speak our truth as well when we see the bravery from others. Yes. And that's... For everything that I've been through, that is, I wouldn't have changed anything for having that feeling and being able to meet people who say, thank you, you know, thank you for being real. Um, and I had to, I've had to go back to people in my life over the last six years and say, thank you for being real, you know, and for getting me to this point. So, yeah, absolutely. Yes. Um, so we'll kind of quick touch on the last three, uh, step three is one of my favorites. Um, they're all kind of my favorites, but I think as a therapist, this is what I work with my clients the most. And honestly, what I have done to get to this point is what I call grounding yourself. And grounding is simply basically being in the here and now and centering your mind so that you can focus on what is going on now. So we've pretty much talked about all of this throughout this interview is really learning different grounding techniques for emotional, physical, soothing, um, and Those are the skills that you need to really work through these thoughts. And what I like to tell people is you need a lot of tools in your tool belt. So maybe one day I'm feeling like I'm not enough and I use my reality check or I use my jar, you know, with all the positive things and it just doesn't work. Then I have to say, okay, I got to pull something else out because for some reason that's not working today. And so going to step four, which is your strength plan, creating your strength plan, Using those grounding skills, and we, with my clients, we implement those grounding skills into their strength plan. Um, and that's such a powerful thing when you're able to see people who are struggling ground their thoughts to help them remain in the moment, or maybe not in the moment, but maybe their thoughts in the past like knocked them out for two days, right? Where they were just like in a bad mood or depressed. And now they're using their grounding skills. So maybe they're, you know, just sad for a day or a couple hours instead of two days. And it's just such a phenomenal 
experience to watch someone do that. Mm. Yeah. So, and there's thousands and thousands of grounding skills. I mean, we do grounding every day, then probably don't even think about it. Yeah, um, absolutely. So, so yeah. step three is grounding. Four is the um, the strength based. Yeah, creating your strength plan. Okay, and then five would be. Five is um, strengthening your healthy habits. So mm. this is this is probably the shortest um, part of the book, but it's it's really based around the word complacency. And complacency is huge, like when you're in like substance abuse or any type of treatment program, but it's also so important in, in everyday life. Because when you think about it, maybe you've worked through all these steps and you have this strength plan and you might find yourself going back to step one and having to remind yourself, and that's okay. These steps, you go back and forth throughout your life. But what the complacency piece is, so you got all this stuff, you're doing your self-care, you're, you know, working on your, your mindset and maybe something happens in life. And you're like, ugh. And it takes you out, whatever that looks like. You know, you just have a bad day. You're just down on yourself. And you find out that it wasn't because it wasn't, I kind of like, as life was going okay, I let my self-care go. Or I let my accountability piece go. I didn't follow through with this. Because when life goes good, we tend to forget that there's still going to be bumps in the road. And that's complacency. It's when we think everything's good and we just stop doing the things that helped us get to this spot. So it's really learning how to strengthen those healthy habits and how to maintain it over time, three months, six months, a year. Even when you find yourself having to go back to step one or step two, it doesn't mean that you failed. It doesn't mean that life is going back to the way it was. But you're staying away from that complacency and you're able to kind of stay on the road instead of kind of, you know, detouring off the path. It's a continuous journey, basically, which that's exactly what it is. Megan, thank you so much for sharing your story with us and also sharing the strategies and and steps that we can implement to move through any struggle and really start, you know, living a life that we're proud of. I'd love to jump into the power section and ask you, what is one book that you've read that's had an impact on your life that you would recommend to us? Oh, just one? (laughs) Um, Anything by Brene Brown. Um, She has the same credentials as me, LCSW, PhD. And she's actually been a mentor through, you know, for me throughout my career as a social worker, as a therapist, um, although she doesn't know me, but she has been a mentor. <laughs> I didn't get to say that because it sounds like, oh my gosh, you know, I it. So I love um, Gifts of Imperfection. Um, I've used that a lot with my clients. So she is for sure an amazing, amazing, you know, influential person that has really helped me in my journey. And you touched on this a little bit earlier, but what's one value that you have that you've always stuck by throughout your journey? Something that's a non-negotiable for you. Authenticity. And if you could leave the world with one final message, we call it your golden nugget. What would your golden nugget be? It's literally a quote that I um, use in my book that I kind of created, and it's just really simple. Um, It's, you are enough just as you are regardless of whatever season you're in. And the more you celebrate and focus on that, the more you live in your strength. 
And as you know, we're the company Rise Up For You. What comes to mind when you hear that phrase? Well, I don't, you and I connected because I had asked if you were looking for speakers for Rise Up um, (laughs) for your events. And you're like, yeah, let's do a podcast. And I was like, okay, I want you on my podcast. And I know it's been a couple months since we've connected, but that is what attracted me to want to speak or to reach out to you is because of rising up. You know, when life comes at us and we feel like we're not enough, working through that mindset helps us rise up into our strength. Mm -hmm. And I just thought your message and, and what you do really correlates with my message. And I just, it's so powerful when you think of just side note, I remember being on the ground crying, you know, when all of this was happening and thinking, how can I get up? How can I do this? And I rose up and there's so many people, all of us have risen up from whatever trauma or disappointment we've, we've gone through. And that's, it's such a powerful message. Mm. Thank you. And again, thank you for sharing your story. And, and I know it's resonated with many of our listeners. Again, thank you for being on the show. I'd love to know um, how do we stay connected? How do we support you? And how do we learn more about you? Definitely. So um, my website, it's just meganfenyo.com. Um, I also have a Facebook community, which is called the You Are Enough community. It's really focused on empowerment, no selling, no, nothing like that. Um, just really supporting one another and whatever our journey is. Um, so those are two ways. And again, all my social media handles are Megan Fenyo. Um, so yeah, I would love to, to reach out to, you know, hear from your audience members, um, and see how we can support one another. Great. And we can also get your book from your website too, correct? I think I saw the Amazon link there. Yep, you can can get it from uh, my website, but also, yeah, right on Amazon if you just put You Are Enough in, Megan Fenio. Beautiful. Thank you again, Megan, so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for joining us today on the Rise Up For You podcast series. We're here to serve you and inspire you to become your best self so that you can live a life that you are proud of. If you haven't already, head over to our website, riseupforyou.com, and explore through all that we have to offer. Don't forget to subscribe while you're there for exclusive materials sent to you weekly, and also subscribe to this podcast. You can find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, and any other major podcast channel. Join us for our next episode, but until we meet again, rise up for you, be better today than yesterday, and prepare for a greater you tomorrow.